Find us on your creative journey for inspiration, support, and community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode six of the new season. How are we nearly halfway through already? It's crazy. Anyway, thank you once again for sticking with me so far. I know there's a lot of monologue you have to wade through, but if you're still here, I guess you don't mind that much. Today, I'm going to bring you another interview. Now, this is most likely someone many of you have heard of or even worked with. It's the one and only Kirsty Larmer. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Kirsty. <laughs> Kirsty's a photographer, mentor, artist, and traveling mama. And she showcases the amazing places she's lived in in an honest and beautiful way. Well, that's my opinion anyway. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited to actually be, you know, face to face virtually. I know. Talking it's to so you. Cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I love it when I kind of meet people that I've like known online for so long I know me too I, I the one thing I'm loving about this podcasting experience is just that isn't it it's just like I am actually chatting one-to-one -one with so many people yeah. that I've I've followed and adored and messaged with and and then here we are just talking about our own thing and it's awesome yeah so. I know it is it's really cool it really is yeah yeah oh, so are you ready for this um yeah I think so I think <laughs> I think I'm always like god I just hope that I don't say anything really dumb so yeah. don't worry don't worry you know the good thing is if you say something really dumb I can get rid of it um <laughs> yeah exactly. but if it's just a little dumb I might keep it in because it's all about yeah. being real you know so okay. absolutely yeah I I'm I'm totally good with that that's cool <laughs> okay <laughs> awesome so let's begin let's start with the easiest part why don't you introduce yourself to everyone and tell them a little about a little bit about you and your creative journey okay hi I'm Kirsty Lama and um, I have been doing this for oh, close to two decades now. Wow. Um, yeah, I started, I was living in Hong Kong and I started photography at night school um, whilst I was working as an engineer there. And I used to travel all over Asia for work and I loved travel um, photography. And then, of course, I had my own child um and she is now 17 wow. so yeah it's been going on quite a long time you know as as happens when we have kids we suddenly have this subject on our whole focus towards our photography and the way we do our life um completely changes and um yeah so I, I guess I was always quite creative um and after I started doing more and more photography then friends started asking and we lived in China at the time mm -hmm. um and I was still doing some freelance engineering work 
And then we moved to Abu Dhabi and I had my second daughter and I had no contacts to do freelance engineering work. Mm-hmm. So I, then I decided that was like 16 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, I decided that this was my chance to jump in with both feet and go completely full time with the photography rather than half half as I'd been mm-hmm. doing up to that point. And that was it. I guess I was really lucky because we moved to Abu Dhabi and there were only studios then. There was nobody else going out on location or going to people's homes. And I was sort of the first person in our town to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that was like 2007. Um, It's just grown from then. And so now you know, my whole photography focus is on bringing creativity in and telling our mm-hmm. stories, but you utilizing creative ways to tell those stories. I'm still very much lifestyle photography for clients and, and perhaps a bit more of everything for mm-hmm. myself and in how I document our life. And that can be anything from sort of almost fine art portraits of my kids through to completely pure documentary of them slobbing out on the sofa. <laughs> Um, I do love those ones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there's like a massive, massive range. Um, And often, it, you know, with two teenagers, it's often the style of photography that I take of them depends on their mood, right? Of course. I think I've I've evolved and grown as my kids have grown and as I've responded to, to them and how they respond to my photography. But I've always tried to sort of fairly authentically capture our family life and our family travels and we travel a lot um and I now live in India um and so that's that's basically it what I do with my photography yeah um for clients and commercial stuff and brands and a little bit of everything but trying to make it very female family focused mm-hmm. uh mother focused um, because we're often missing from the yeah. our photos. Um, yeah, and that's what I try. I, I try and bring that that same sort of feeling of being there to other people that I bring to my own photos, I hope. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you definitely do. I, I absolutely love the photos you take from all over the world. Um, I don't know how you do it because I am one of those people that, you know, I did a lot of traveling. I moved a lot, you know, as a kid and as a teen and young adult. And now that I'm here, I'm like, and I have my own kids. I'm like, I'm not moving anywhere. Holidays, (laughs) yes. But I am like determined that I will not move because I want roots. I I don't know how you manage to be a rolling stone. It's hard. It's it's really, really hard. And um, it's... um, especially with teenagers. I mean, part of the reason why we're staying in Delhi, even though my husband's job has now relocated back to the UAE, is to try and give some continuity to my daughters who are teenagers and, you know, in in the British system, GCSEs and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So they're they're going through those those sort of heavy academic years with their mm-hmm. schooling and and so I'm here on my own in Delhi with them, which is not the easiest of places to live if I'm entirely I, I must say, it must be very colorful and beautiful, but not with all the commodities, maybe. Yeah, it definitely have. has its challenges. Um, but yeah, some of that is to, to, you know, give them, if not roots here, to at least give them continuity, you mm-hmm. know, so that they'll have, they'll have been at, at school here, well, 
when they when they get to the end of this next period, it'll have been four years in the mm-hmm. same school, which you know um, gives them that bit of continuity. So yeah, I, I I relate to that. I love the travels. I hate being busy. I love the buzz of the city. So I'm mm-hmm. full of like contradictions within myself. You aren't know. we all? No, aren't yeah. we all? <laughs> yeah. Has all of this moving around um, been a big? Um, how can I say it? Not contributor, maybe affected or um, inspired a lot of your personal photography work. Um, because I know I've, from what I've seen of your work, you, you just, you do, I I remember your camel thing when you guys went to the camel race or something. And I loved that so much. It was documenting a part of, you know, that culture that isn't seen or shared all that often. And I really enjoyed the story that came with it and, and images of course, as well. And so I was just wondering, has all of this kind of changed the way you've you've worked personally um, and how you've developed it? Or do you feel that your style is just being, you know, transposed in different places? Um, I don't know. No, I, I think that the places that we travel, that we live, have very much influenced how I tell stories. I, I, you know, part of the reason why from the very start, I didn't want to have a studio and going with my own kids, like you say, to the camel races or hiking in the mountains or running over the sand dunes or walking through a temple. I I don't want my pictures to look like they could be taken just anywhere. I want them to tell the stories of where in the world we are, because for me, there's very much part of my photography is is taking me back to that place and that time and the feelings and the emotions and, and everything um, that go hand in hand. So, you know, for example, when I've had photo shoots where I've had other photographers come to my home, I wanted them to capture that environment within our home mm-hmm. so that I remember how it was in that particular place that we lived. Or in another place, when we lived in in South India, I had a photographer take uh, pictures of us as we walked through the market Mm -hmm. because I wanted that. So because I want that for myself, for my own memories, I also want to do that for other people's memories. But like you say, for me, when I'm doing my personal work, yeah, I want to go back to what it felt like when I took my kids to Lapland or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like. It's not always about the big, exciting things like that, but I want to remember those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to remember how the sun filtered in through my living room windows, you know, um, what the winter light felt like and how it gave this warmth to the room, even though it was freezing cold because we've got marble floors, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I want it to be evocative. And, and even if that's only evocative to me and not to other people viewing it, because you know I always say that we're our own audience first right mm-hmm. so especially when we're photographing our own families um I want I want to be transported right back to that so yeah you're right like um I think my images became infused with a certain kind of warmth through living in the Middle East because it's so warm and sunny yeah. there <laughs> you know you get almost 365 days of sunshine in the Middle East so uh, my my images just had this warmth to them that was very much influenced by 
by where we lived and and how we lived there. Whereas I, I think I've definitely got a lot more colors in my images since we've moved to India because definitely. India is so bursting with color. Um, so yeah, for me, environment is a is a huge part of the storytelling in my images. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that, and that's one of the things I absolutely love about about your work. It's it's that you incorporate where you are. So it's not like it could be taken anywhere. It's taken there, you know. Um, yeah, thank you. Do you when you do your personal work? Do you work in like projects? So do you start with like an idea and work your way through it, or does it just come naturally? You just snap what there is and it kind of then creates a theme, or do you just do it for the fun of it and have absolutely no plan? <laughs> um, like some people do. They're like, I just shoot whatever. I know. <laughs> but honestly, there's a little bit of both um mm-hmm. that goes on so I've I've worked on like dedicated enough to do that I would mess up by the end of group uh, week one and uh, you know it would be awful um and I'd feel like I was letting myself down but I've done a 52 week project because one picture a week and in fact I was part of one that went on for eight years where it was just one picture a week that signified something from that week that was of significance right mm-hmm. so that was great and that was you know a group project it was formulated lots of people contributing so there was accountability mm-hmm. because sometimes when I'm doing my own projects I am not very good at being accountable to myself yeah right? aren't we all <laughs> yeah so I've I have definitely found with group projects I am much better on the accountability I find the same with Instagram loops like if I'm posting for a loop I'm much more likely to post that picture than if I'm just doing it for myself mm-hmm. um and the yeah you know there's pros and cons to working that way so yeah, I've done projects like that. I've done other projects that have been very deeply personal to me. Um, like, for example, um, the year that my oldest daughter turned 12, I documented the whole year. Um, and and the, the year of 12 is like transformative to a young girl. You know, they're, they're leaving their childhood. They're stepping into womanhood. Their body's going through changes, their hormones, their emotions, their friend groups. And on top of that, we we moved country um, that year with my oldest daughter. So she was going through so many changes. And I just wanted to capture how she was reacting to it and and what she was going through. And, and she's also autistic. So there's mm-hmm. different layers in that. That project, because I went into it very intentionally, just for me and her, as a bonding thing between me and her, because that's another thing that comes in when you're 12, you know, Mm -hmm. you're trying to give them roots and they're trying to grow away from you as well. All right. So there's a, there's a whole load of things going on in that, in that transformative year. So that was a very, very personally intentional year that I, I, you know, I didn't know if some of the stuff would be too personal to my daughter for me to share. Um, as it happened, I made this range of of what, well, I, you know, she's my kid. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're beautiful portraits. Um, but I I felt that they really signified a lot of those changes. And and um something that became very important in that project was the use of um double exposures because mm-hmm. especially because she is autistic, 
there was multiple layers of what was going on with her during that year. And double exposure just felt like a really um, a really useful tool to show that sometimes she was a bit overshadowed by other things within the environment and that kind of thing. It, it, it became very much, rather than just a creative technique, it was a whole storytelling technique for me. Um, and and I, I became very, very intentional with that. I used a lot of movement in it as well because it's a transitional year and that was reflected. And I think actually in terms of my photography, it was a year of a lot of growth for me because I sort of dug into myself to find ways to tell what was going on with her as well as um, it just being a documentary record, right? right. Um so that was a really, really intentional project um, just between me and her. And at the end of the year, we made an album um, and she wrote poetry for it about oh, how that it sounds felt. beautiful. Well, yeah. And she now has that in her memory book uh, box. And um, yeah, it, it, it feels like it was a beautiful collaboration. And I really, really, really need to pull something similar together for my younger daughter. But, you know, younger kids never get the same stuff as the older ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> I took the pictures, but they are really, really different because she's a really different personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's always in my pictures a lot more, my younger daughter. Mm. She's a much more willing subject. So it wasn't as hard and it didn't require the same kind of connection and collaboration between us it didn't require the same kind of digging deep within myself mm-hmm. or exploration for her so it was it was very different doing it a second time around in the way that it worked so that would doing those was a very intentional personal project um I have another one that I'm doing at the moment mm-hmm. um about our life in India which I've literally not shared a single picture from because I think it's actually really really boring to really want to help right yeah and but I know that when when we move on from India and we look back on this series of photos we'll view them in a certain way or at least that's what I hope in my head so they're very everyday pictures of not of interesting things happening that it's like just the everyday stuff that we Mm -hmm. see that that it's not particularly significant um but it's just part of our general landscape and our life here it's 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 almost stuff that we don't notice it's so part of the backdrop right it's so like it's not the big photographing festivals. the mundane is that it yeah. yeah 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 it's not the big festivals it's not the beautiful brightly colored markets it's none of that stuff but but it just it I don't know I kind of started photographing it a little bit by accident but with a bit of a seed of an idea mm-hmm. um and and you know when I when when we move on then the project will finish it'll come to its natural conclusion and maybe at that point I'll say actually when I put this together as a body of work it will have interest to people. But if I was, I, I really, honestly, when I look at the pictures, I think if anyone else looked at this, they'd go, but your life in India sounds so interesting, but these are boring <laughs> pictures, you know? So, you know, sometimes you just don't quite know where you're going with these things, do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's the same thing with my 365 projects. You know, I started sharing fewer pictures um, online for 
my own personal reasons. Um, but especially because as the girls get older, um, I want to give them a bit more privacy. So um, maybe just I'm only I'm not doing full frontal images as much, you know, lots of back of the heads or profile or just, you know, landscapes and nature and all those little bits. Yeah. But the idea is to photograph the everyday. And yeah. um, because, you know, as you say, it might not be that important to someone else, but for us it is. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel you on that one on that project and I personally yeah. would be excited to see it just say it yeah you're gonna be calling me like Kirsty I've seen that you've left India are you gonna show where, where is it on, you talked about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I really want to know if it's as boring as you said I bet it's not <laughs> No, I, I feel like for us as a family, when we look back on it, we'll be like, oh, yeah, wow, that would, yeah, mm, that used to happen all the time, gosh, you know, but I, I feel like if I was just sharing it now, compared to, you know, like I say, the beautiful, colourful markets and, and the incredible historic sites and, mm-hmm. and the beautiful light that filters into my living room, all of those things are, are way more interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. So, but you know yeah. what might be mundane and day to day to you, you know, might seem exotic and exciting to someone who's never been. It could, yeah, 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 you know. and and we'll we'll see because I definitely think it's a, it's a project that I'll continue for as long as we live here, and then I will see what comes of it and and you know how I feel about it. It might just you know end up like being like one post on my blog or something. Or, <laughs> Well, it could end up being a huge exhibition. Who knows? Who knows? That's the beauty of it, right? That's it, exactly. You just never know what happens. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be open to all the possibilities of how something might evolve, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, what advice would you give to someone who wanted to start one of a personal project somewhere in line to one of the ones that you've talked to me about? You could pick one. (laughs) I think, you know, as artists, we're always trying to identify our why and our what and and, Mm -hmm. and what our goals are and and why why we're taking these photos. You know, is it for some kind of greater social significance? Is it, you know, a commentary on the place that we live? You know, are, are we trying to... I like climate change issues. You know, some some of personal projects become very deep and involved and have the potential to make change. And others are just the boring mundane every day, right? Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for our, our why and, and what. But I think we, we get to finding that by uh, when we examine our why, we, we find themes and things that sort of speak to us within our work. And then sometimes a project will just pop out. I've got one that I've like literally within the last couple of months been, I have got this theme and I've called it llamas and mirrors, right? (laughs) And, you know, I I suddenly realized that I don't know if it's a function of my kids getting older and that, you know, I'm just a bit spying on them a bit more (laughs) rather than taking direct photos. I have all these pictures of them in mirrors or looking in mirrors or reflected or I suddenly realized, you know, I've got loads of them. So I hashtagged them all (laughs) so that I could kind of see, have I got a collection here? And it turns out I have. And so 
in doing that and in recognizing that like thread that was going through some of my work and and we're talking over the last two three years mm-hmm. um like now I've become more intentional about taking photos with mirrors with that, yeah right? and suddenly it has it's gone from just being a bit of a random thread running through my work to actually being a bit more of an, a more intentional, not a, not necessarily a project, but a theme rather than just a thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely more intention with it since I sort of noticed that. So um, I think when when you know how you take your photos and what you love to see in your photos, um, then it's easier to start something up, you know, so it mm-hmm. could be, but sometimes it's just not the right time. So I, I talked about the the project that I did the year that Safi was 12 mm-hmm. um, and how it had a lot of double exposures in. So I first started taking double exposures way back in 2014 mm-hmm. and I took a few and I thought they were like really super cool and, <laughs> The start of 2015, I thought, oh, I'm going to do a double exposure project and I'm going to take a double exposure every week and I'm going to get really good at these. And I took about three and they just weren't coming out how I hoped. And mm. I remember being in, in Morocco and thinking, wow, there's all these cool tiles and they'd be like so cool over a portrait. And they were just, they, no, they really weren't working. I, and so I quickly got very bored of it. And dropped it after about three double exposures. And then 2016 rolled around and I thought, oh, well, I'll try that double exposures project again. Nope, that didn't work. And then the year that she turned 12 was 2018. So mm. it had gone from 2014 to me <laughs> thinking this was a seed of an idea and it never quite working and then it was when I had this other project that I was looking or I was sort of digging into techniques to portray what was going on with that then I suddenly started mastering double exposure so sometimes I mean Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in Big Magic about Mm -hmm. ideas coming to you and then they sit in your brain for a while and you think can I do this can I do this Mm -hmm. and it's not the right time and so they float on to someone else well I guess in 2015 someone else did a double exposure project (laughs) right and and then it floated back to me in 2018 when my daughter turned 12 and suddenly I loved it and it worked and it told the stories that I wanted to tell um so we have the ideas sometimes but it's not always the right time um and and sometimes sit with that idea and and be Mm -hmm. patient with it um and and know that if you sit with it long enough it'll either just you know disappear into nothing mm-hmm. or it'll come back to you stronger because it will be the right time so if you've got your why of what you're trying to document and and you've got ideas about it I think it will start to filter in you, I think you know you start off being very very conscious mm-hmm. when you're doing a project and and you're really thinking it through and how to do it but it's when it gets to the almost unconscious stage that it just becomes part of of how you think and how you do and how you see that's when it starts taking on this beautiful life of its own and it just incorporating itself into to how you're documenting it or how you're capturing or how you're telling those stories um yeah I I don't believe in forcing things maybe that makes me sound a bit lazy like I don't want to put the hard work in 
I don't know. I, I feel like when things come to you properly, then you, you do have to work. I'm not saying that. Yeah, but you, I, but if you force it, I, I don't think you're ever quite content with where you get to with it. And, and yeah. I want to look back at my work and feel that contentment that I, I told the stories in the way that it felt. Because as we've already discussed, when I go back to my pictures, I want to feel how I felt at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing about personal work. It's different from work that you're doing for business, right? Because you have a, if you're doing like, you yeah. know, for, for corporations yeah. or whatever, you know, you've got a brief and you've got to do that at, or you have clients and you have to shoot for them, not for you. Yeah. So yeah. the beauty of personal work is that you can just say, I don't feel like this anymore. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel like moving on to something else. And, yeah. and so you do. Um, whereas, it, you know, and so you don't have to force it, like you say, because then it wouldn't be that personal work that puts your heart into it, would it? It would stop no. personal work, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've got to let it evolve with you. You really have, and it and it grows, and um, and and sometimes in the exact same way, projects do come to a natural conclusion. You know, you can't continue it anymore because it's starting to feel a bit forced, or mm-hmm. or circumstances have changed, or or whatever. So you've got to be open to things, you know. Uh, how they'll change and how ultimately they'll end you know mm-hmm. and and that sometimes people will have a personal project and they'll walk out of it after doing it for a year or two and they've got eight pictures yeah eight incredible pictures that work so amazingly together I mean we're not part of the problem with digital is that we can take hundreds of thousands of images and it just doesn't matter but perhaps we're not as intentional about them anymore and the beauty of a personal project is that you go into it with that intent right yeah and then and then the intent takes on its own life sometimes but um no one wants to be wading through hundreds of thousands of of pictures because you you want you want to be evolving towards your goal so uh, honestly um yeah, if it if it's a year long project and you you walk out with a dozen pictures, sometimes that's enough, right? Yeah, sometimes it's all you need, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where sometimes we go out and we've got a dozen pictures from two minutes of okay doing something cool in front of us. Yeah, right? that sounds about right. Sometimes and, I and come back with the girls hula hooping in the garden, <laughs> and I'm like, there'll be like two good ones, and I'm like, there's about twenty of them. How am I going to cut it down? Like. Come yeah. on, I can't share 20 pictures of them hula hooping. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can, you can. I, I shared some on, on Instagram recently of my kids sitting in hammocks and I shared about 20 of them because I just had like the mama goggles on at that point mm-hmm. and was like, my kids, they, they're not going to do this in another couple of years. So, no, they will. It, you know. Um, yeah, so sometimes we can do that. Like That was like a two-day mini project of my kids laying in hammocks. Right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> and I just made them into a reel, and there we go. Bang, done. Right. Project right? done. <laughs> yeah, micro project. It was a micro project. I like your term. I'll have to use yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I've got the warning now because, you know, I'm on cheapo Zoom. So uh, the free version. So very, okay. very quickly, 
Is there a book, movie, show, person, artist um, that inspires you and your work or your life at all? Uh, you know, uh, my favorite kind of TV shows are um, ones like um, The Amazing Race. And in the UK, we have The Race Around the World. Mm-hmm. Ones where people are exploring and they're interacting with people in in different cultures and different places and outside Mm -hmm. their comfort zones and yet they're all working together and I see that very much as being something that comes into play in in my own life and often you know I'm just cooperating with my kids but Mm -hmm. we're exploring different places so I love watching other people doing those things and 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 watching those kinds of human interactions and then mm-hmm. interactions with the environment and the place in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love like anything with um, David Attenborough. That ah, kind yeah. of thing as well. But that I don't voice. get to live. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get to live that. You know, exploring in the Antarctic life quite so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, programs that you see you see people being very human real people being very human working mm-hmm. together pushing themselves outside their comfort zones experiencing the world you know um yeah I I those are the things that I really love watching oh fantastic and do you have a quote that you like is it a David Attenborough quote <laughs> no no I I I am one of those people that I have like lots of little mantras written on my mm-hmm. bathroom mirror on post-its um, yeah <laughs> and they're just they're really simple things like like we're all just winging it like, <laughs> like as one. in just cut yourself some slack we're all just doing our best every day um when my kids get out of the car to go to school I'm like go do your best be kind take no shit you know yeah. like those kind of every day just get on and do it, it and you're going to be fab um like the the not every day is great but there's something great in every day those mm-hmm. kind of everyday quotes to just give us that little boost and little pick you up to help yeah. us find the little bits of magic in every day those are the kinds of things that I like. Not anything super deep or super <laughs> profound or anything like that. Just the little nudges to find bits of magic and and just do our best, really. Yeah, and keep, I, I think I like the we're just winging it one. I, I think I need that yeah. one on my wall for sure. Yeah, it, it's right. We are we're in parenting, in creativity. Oh, yeah. We're all just winging it, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Yeah. And super fast, where can people find you and follow your work? Okay, so on Instagram, I'm at Kirsty Lama. Um, and my website is Um And I have a blog that gets updated every now and then, but not too frequently. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can follow me and see what I'm talking about and teaching about and things like that and what I'm sharing of our crazy life in India. There you go. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an awesome pleasure. And I feel like I could blabber on for like hours more. (laughs) Thank you. I really, really enjoyed it too. Thank you so much, Alora. Thank you so much, Kirsty, for being on the podcast with us. And to you wonderful listeners out there, I hope you discovered something new and are encouraged to just get out there.
Today's quote is one I found on Goodreads from a book called Nanny Diaries. You must immerse yourself in an unfamiliar world in order to truly understand your own. See you soon! Follow us on Instagram at the Daily Collective 365 or sign up to our newsletter on the website dailycollective365.co.uk. You can also subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. Any shares and love are always greatly appreciated. And if you would like to follow my personal creative journey on Instagram, you can find me at Life is Wild and Free. Music